A new report says heart attacks and strokes are the leading cause of premature death for women in Canada. However, little progress has been made to address systemic inequalities and how these conditions are diagnosed and treated. The report was done by the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada, and it identified gaps in diagnostics, care, and even a basic understanding of risk factors and symptoms that exist for women with heart and brain disease in this country. Jessica Mudry is an assistant professor of professional communication at Toronto Metropolitan University with expertise in public health policy. Joins us now to talk about this. Uh, appreciate the time today. Uh, did the report surprise you at all? Well, sadly, uh, it did not. It's, um, this is actually much more of, I mean, this, this is kind of baked into the whole structural system around women and healthcare, and just frankly, women in daily life. Uh, a lot of times we've got this sort of ideal human body that goes around the world web and let's say, you know, uh, takes an aspirin at the, at the drugstore or, you know, goes for a walk on a sidewalk of a particular length or, bu- length or bu- buckles themselves into a car. And um, much of the, the design in the world around us is, is designed by and for men with little respect for or attention paid to the female and the female body. What was a bit surprising for me was this was actually a follow-up to some reports we had a couple of years ago that also came to a similar conclusion. So, you know, I know we had a pandemic interrupt pretty much everything in a big way, but the lack of movement over five years is a bit surprising and alarming. It, it is surprising and alarming, but um, until we start to pay attention to, um, fi- you know, physical, emotional, and psychological differences between and among the, the various genders and sexes that we have in the world, um, we're not really going to be able to address these sorts of inequalities. Um, and I think that moving forward in medicine, things like individualized medicine is going to help. But, I mean, the bulk of the studies, for example, that are done, um, you know, and, and many clinical trials around anything sort of medical or pharmaceutical are done either by men or if they're done towards or for women, um, they're done on mice, which have a very, very different sort of uh, hormonal cycle than women. Well, to that point, from just reading about this, it seems historically one of the issues is women have not been included in medical research uh, for this stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, you know, and, and frankly, as a working mother myself, it's probably because we don't have the time. <laughs> but And I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but, you know, this is something that... Um, you know, we have a, a different kind of rhythm to our own bodies. It's not in the, it's not the same sort of static hormonal state, and um, and those attention like we need to pay attention to those kinds of hormonal shifts, frankly, um, in order for things to to be able to be sort of baselined as as information for people going forward, and so that doctors can be trained to know what to look for at certain moments in in you know a woman's life or a woman's like monthly cycle or you know what have you. So what can we do to pay attention to this report and uh, take a negative and turn it into a positive and and really kind of improve things here? I think that's a really good question. And I think that what we have to remember is, I don't want to say that things are rosy, but, you know, the number of women who are enrolled in medical school is now more than the number of men enrolled in medical school. And so at, at the kind of at, at the ground level, women are going to be more prevalent in the medical field as doctors and practitioners. 
So that's immediately a good thing because, you know, I, I, I sometimes um, hear people say that an N equals one is sometimes the best study. So a female doctor might be more likely to notice in their patients symptoms that they themselves may have had or experienced as a fellow woman. And I think that that's actually um, going to be incredibly valuable going forward. But in terms of things like, you know, taking part in studies and community and family medicine, um, you know, women just need to, to realize that this is, this is, you know, we are part of a community and that this can actually be really helpful. And I think that the communication from the government has to be, um, you know, a little bit more, I understand that that a lot of times we like to to I guess you know speak to us as though we're some sort of homogenous group of Canadians but I think sometimes getting a little bit more granular here can be more helpful obviously with better health outcomes. This also seems like a good reminder this would apply to like everyone in general when it comes to medicine and and your health but in particular for women since that's the focus of this we we all have to be our biggest advocate. We absolutely do. And, you know, it, um, your family doctor is not the only doctor. Uh, and if you feel as, as a subject, right, I mean, a lot of times medicine treats bodies as though they're objects, um, which, which really does a disservice to people who say, no, it, it really hurts when or I really feel pain here. And if those are summarily ignored and, you know, we, we've heard of the term now, perhaps medical gaslighting, where you're told that it's all in your head or you're not feeling as much pain as you think you are, um, that's, that's somebody telling you what is true to you which should frankly send um, send a bit of a warning signal to you like this is you don't need to be spoken to that way your feelings about your own health uh, need to be taken seriously by your medical professional it's an important issue i appreciate you discussing with us today thank you very much thanks so much take care that's uh, jessica mudry assistant professor of professional communication at toronto metropolitan university